This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Snark Cage. No, it's always a pleasure. It is fun. As we talk Ant-Man and the Wasp, or Ant-Man 2, or the second Ant-Man, or... uh, Or the Wasp featuring Ant-Man. Yeah, more likely. That's probably the better... Very nice. (laughs) Also starring Ant-Man. Right. (laughs) Featuring Ant-Man. Let's go around the room. I am Larry Morgan, your genial host. We have writer, producer, man about town, Trey Calloway with us again today. Hiya, Larry. Uh, Mikey Embers, uh, producer, uh, TV guy, insider, uh, industry... uh, Acolyte? Is that a word? It's on my business card now. So thanks, yeah. <laughs> Mikey Ambers and Chris, the McGann McGann artist, actor, person. Those all seem accurate. Person of the world. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, I'll even take person. No, we didn't get ranked as people. No, no, no. <laughs> no I know why JK's not here. Jury's still out, Trey. Uh, McGann just off a plane Friday night, and uh, yeah. I forced him directly into a theater right away. To... Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a heroic stand on my part to go straight from LAX to the Arclight and uh, uh, brave brave the crowds and the heat and all of that. Yeah. It's a big day. Actually, Trey and I attended the same screening together. We did. Aww. Um, Aww. But I didn't share my popcorn. No. That's not a euphemism, is it? <laughs> uh, well, it's not. In this case, sometimes it might be. It could be. No, in this case, it was. Uh, we had separate popcorns. Uh, and apparently just missed. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, no. no, we, no. We just, that's right. We'll make that clear. Yeah. Uh, we're very inclusive when it comes to sharing popcorn, yeah. if you know what I mean. True. Uh, we just missed by how, how long? Uh, uh, by about 45 minutes. A complete power outage at the Grove. A complete oh, meltdown at the Grove. If you can imagine such a horror. <laughs> that I sounds mean, like heaven to me, frankly. Truthfully, I, though, I, just before we went into the film, I did pause, and I was just looking around at the fountains and the music and the crowds, and the st- and I thought to myself, on that particular 110-degree day... When like, we walked out, it was 117. Yeah. 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 Oh, my yeah. Lord. This is the same theater, if you guys remember, where uh, Alex and I saw... Star Wars The Force Awakens, which was delayed a good 45 minutes to an hour because they had a power outage that night on wow. just a normal night. Yeah, yeah. And so it set the screenings off, and then ours just got canceled after Oof. they tried to start it three times. You remember that horrific I do story? That story. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, we are talking about much lighter fare today. As I read on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, a palate cleanser <laughs> after <laughs> Avengers Infinity War, which is, I think, a very appropriate. <laughs> I, I think that's a perfect yeah. assessment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, 
uh, honestly, we'll just go around the room real quick. I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more than the first Ant-Man. I'm not sure yet. We can talk about how we rank it in the pantheon of Marvel movies, oh, which numbers 400 at this point. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Trey Calloway, you seemed to enjoy yourself there next to me eating your popcorn, did you? I did. Uh, and it had nothing to do with the company I was keeping. Um, wow. I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, th- I, I would say I that enjoyed popcorn. it. <laughs> That's true, but I bought the damn tickets. Okay, so let's calm be clear. Down. Calm down. I, I think I enjoyed it as much and perhaps slightly more than than the first Ant-Man mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Mikey. Uh, you know, as the only Jew here, I think I can say <laughs> no, that no, I really loved Ant-Man and the Shiksa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. I meant Wasp. <laughs> How long have you been holding on to that one? Uh, since I saw it yesterday, actually. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it, too. I think uh, very funny. Um, definitely that lightness that we needed after everything that went down in Black Panther and Avengers, yeah. frankly. Mm-hmm. To their credit, Marvel knows how to kind of space those things out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and just great performances all around. We'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. But there, there wasn't a bad one in the bunch. McGann, you agree? I do. I went in with real, real low expectations. I did not like the first Ant-Man. Mm. Re- like, it's real low. Like, it's like, like you know, Thor 2, Iron Man 3, Ant-Man are like my bottom three Marvel Ooh. movies. Wow. Um, well, you didn't think it was bad, but no. it just wasn't, didn't... I mean, I agree that it... it literally, I felt like I swatted it away the moment I walked yeah. out of the theater you know, that I, first one. I, I had really high expectations for the first movie because uh, I love Paul Rudd. I um, Edgar Wright was originally signed mm-hmm. on to direct it, and I was really excited about that. That's mm-hmm. when I would have had high expectations, right? For and it. to like when he got removed, I was like, mm, and then so I I didn't I didn't like the first one, so I definitely enjoyed this one a lot more. It was light, it was fun, I, you know, except for. I guess would be like you oh. know, there was that little bit of heaviness that I guess we'll get into in the spoiler section. Oh, okay, yeah, right. we'll get there. Um, I actually, you know yeah. what? I don't see that we need to worry too much about spoilers, non-spoilers for this because there's yeah, very little in this movie that really has any major impact on the universe at large. Plus, true. no, uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong. No, kind of out of the blue plot twisty thing that nope. we need to care about. It, this was such a kind of basic plot driven. Kind of light. It, it, it kind of stands on its own in that mm-hmm. way. Now, when we get to the more spoilery parts, there are some Easter eggs in there that definitely, I think, will play forward. Oh, we can sure. talk yeah. about those uh-huh. yeah. uh, when we get do a little deeper dive. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get uh, real quick. This does fall in the timeline before Avengers: Infinity War. So, mm-hmm. uh, not only is there <laughs> here's one of the issues I had with the movie. We had a lot of. Uh, we, we, it felt like we were in flashback mode uh, quite a bit yes. in the first half, yes. and so in a way, this whole movie was a flashback with in, that included flashbacks because right. we were pre. Uh, Infinity War and just post-Civil War, which they referenced a lot. Uh I will say, I do believe the Michael Pena Truth Serum segment where it may be one of the most inventive ways of getting a crap load of exposition <laughs> yes. out yes. in a short amount of yeah. time. And genuinely funny yeah. the way yes. it was handled. He yeah. is the star of the movie as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Well, I think he and T.I. and uh, David, I can never pronounce his yeah. last name, uh, Dastmulchian. Uh, Let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> guy with fake Russian accent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, there, was, there was great comedic timing yeah. between yeah. those guys. Yeah, 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 really yeah, fun. yeah. yeah let's get For to sure. performances in a minute, but I agree with you guys entirely. They, 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 and, and also, I, I do think Paul 
Paul Rudd's ability to be a comic actor when he had the chance yeah. was elevated slightly mm-hmm. over the first one, which mm-hmm. was one of my biggest disappointments about the first Ant-Man. When you got Paul Rudd and he's not being that funny, yeah, yeah. I think you're missing an opportunity. Right. Yeah. Uh, is there any way to possibly give a, a plot synopsis of this thing? It is, I will say about the Ant-Man movies... Um, they did up the stakes a bit clearly in this one from the first one, mm-hmm. which was just in, basically more of a heist movie in, mm-hmm. right. in, in, in a small on a smaller <laughs> smaller scale. Hey, what oh, it's man. See what I did? Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once you start getting into the quantum realm, um, right. and I'm kind of glazing over at the science of it, which I'm just not it's very. Fine. I'm That's not very smart. Well, science slash magic of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. I don't think you have to i mean uh, this is uh, it's kind of ridiculous to talk about any of these movies being grounded in reality (laughs) when you're Uh when you're uh, required to suspend a great deal of disbelief (laughs) but this just the ant-man premise in general is one where you kind of just have to go okay i mean the laws of physics in any way are thrown out the window Mm -hmm. well yeah from everything from powers to shrinking many large buildings without the repercussions of what that would really yes. be That's, like. It seems like there'd be a seismic problem that in, right. with, in California with that much uh, uh, you know, buildings going up and down I, that quickly. All I could think about is, where's the plumbing? What right. do you do? Where's, <laughs> uh, where's the sewer? Also, now, this was set in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yes. yeah okay. Yeah. All right, all right. But the first one was not... It was. I don't remember San Francisco, San Francisco as a character in the first one, I don't. but it plays as a character. So much. In this one. It's so very important to yeah, the story yeah. this time around. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Like, oh. It was barely noticeable in the first one, uh-huh. and 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 it it did play a part when they finally kind of got out and did some stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, in a very cool way, I thought actually. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, but but they didn't. I mean, the, the location barely matters in these two two movies, and I guess it shouldn't. I mean, well, I, 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 think mean. In, I think in the books he's and is part of like the West Coast Avengers, which is yeah. I, if mm-hmm. I. I believe I'm remembering the, correctly. Scott, Scott Lang, Scott, uh, Scott Lang, Ant Man. Yes, yeah, as yeah. part of the, So that oh. that would be the tie right there. As he, he's a West Coast Avenger, but right. it could play anywhere. It's just nice, honestly, to see New York not being turned to crap. It's nice some, to see San Francisco yeah. not being turned to crap. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just one of the greatest places in the world for a car chase. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, we start the movie with a flashback. Uh-huh. Uh, we actually get to see Michelle. Uh, hey, Michelle Pfeiffer, mm, you've been showing nice up Michelle. in a lot of stuff lately. Yeah. Uh, she is um, Janet Van Dyne. Correct. Uh, the well the wife of Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going out on a business trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, bummer. They got a little family stuff. We've got some an Uncanny Valley young Michael. CGI and, makeup. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which wasn't bad. Michelle and, Pfeiffer uh, looked great in her CGI makeup. Can yeah, we talk about that? Trey yeah. doesn't like this stuff. Well, I just don't... I, the, the voice is what they need to work on. Yeah. Because it's still old Michael Douglas talking with yeah. young Michael Douglas. Yeah, I feel face. like they try and like like they're directing him to you know talk a little higher yeah, or something, like, or they're pitching it up or something. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't ring true. Mm-hmm. And there's a resonance in an old person's voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, and maybe this is old time of me, but. Who cares? Like, we know it's a flashback. I don't need you to young him up. Fine, let's just go with it. Yeah, this yeah. isn't Tron. You don't yeah. need to match anything up for me. 
<laughs> like, just do it. Put yeah. it in some clothes from the 90s, call it good. We'll all believe you. So we get a little backstory on the Pims, and we know that now uh, Janet is uh, long missing in the mm-hmm. quantum realm, mm-hmm. and that basically is the plot. I yes. mean, that's yep. yeah. uh, there are, uh, you know, a couple of different versions of villains here, which I always have a problem with. There's and too many. You th- yeah. I'm ready to launch into that whenever you want to get okay. there. Uh, so basically what we've got <laughs> is uh, the attempt to try and get Janet back. At yep. the same time, we've got some tech uh, issues with a guy who wants to get the stuff because he's selling it. But yeah, Colonel Sanders. Sonny Birch. Nah, <laughs> that's right. Played by Walton Goggins. Great, great, great actor. Uh, pretty great yeah. casting, I thought. Yeah. I enjoyed him in this. Uh, and then Ghost Girl, who is Eva, right? Ava, Ava Star. Ava, Ava Star, Ava Star mm-hmm. um, who uh, can walk through stuff. Okay. Uh, she was a ghost in the movie? I thought she was Spectre in the comic books for some reason, but maybe... I no, I just called her a ghost. ghost. I don't... I they called her a ghost a lot in the yeah. movie. I think ghost was her. Um, was she a ghost in the comic She was a ghost in the books, yeah. <laughs> well, so ghost was a he in the comic books. There was, a, there was a, later, a later gal. That's why I was thinking it was Spectre. But it hmm. doesn't matter. All right. All right. All right. Have I basically kind of covered the plot in a short amount of time? Yeah. Yes. yes. I mean, it's basically Wait, was everybody. Was a joke? Uh, no. All right. Everybody chasing each other to try and get the tech back so yeah. that they can get in and they can uh, see Janet and get her back. Uh, that that was the first thing about it was like I realized at one point, is this really all the movie's about? It's just getting Janet back? I mm-hmm. understand the familial tug of mm-hmm. wanting to have that reunion. Um, and maybe that's just the callous part of me now, that having seen enough of these movies, that I... Did I really want an end-of-the-world scenario here? No. no. But um, I don't know if that felt motivating enough for oh, me. I think you're cold I and am. hard. I am. Man, I am. I, no, I, I'm okay What's with it. I mean, when you go back uh, five months to Black Panther, really, that was just a family drama so yeah, and, exactly. and with you know tribal warfare and all that. But it was really a family drama, mm-hmm. mostly. It's uh, kind of a smaller movie by comparison, especially in terms of against something like Infinity War. So this is it, – it's it, if it's going to be a lighter movie and lighter in tone and give us that – chance to kind of catch our breath before the next round of uh, Infinity War, I'm okay with the smaller story. Yeah, okay, I changed my mind. All right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I am too. I just, you know, I mean, we've got Captain Marvel coming, and that's going to be probably another galactic heavy hitter, like, space movie, and, and this is, this, yeah, this was, it was a nice... Nice, you know, breather. It was a nice uh, aperitif. I mean, I we've got this whole, whole thing laid across a very flimsy structure, like I said, in the yeah. first place. And yeah. so it needs to have that lightness to it. Yeah. So, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but, I mean, the, I think you're right in suggesting that this, like many Marvel movies, is not at all grounded in any kind of reality, scientific or otherwise. But what I liked about this film is, although it's radically different from Black Panther, was similar to Black Panther in that it was it was emotionally grounded, mm-hmm. right? So Paul Rudd just trying to be a good dad. Yeah. Uh, and a guy just trying to get his wife back. Yeah. That's... Uh, okay, having, maybe, maybe what I was feeling at some point is uh, that we were getting a lot of story, and I felt like in the first half of the movie... The action was very sparse mm-hmm. and quick. Agreed. And and again, you don't need to pummel me. I mean, I think somewhere in the middle, I felt like we had a long stretch where I was like, I just kind of want to see somebody Something. kicking some yeah. butt. You know? <laughs> and, you know and when it happened, it was it was great and it was mm-hmm. fun and it was inventive and there were some things I hadn't seen before to their credit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there was a stretch there, especially once we got into Ava's. Backstory where yeah. we went into flashback back mode again. It was yeah. just like, oh, this just feels like 
a lot. Do I need to know all that history mm-hmm. with her? I guess maybe I do, but mm-hmm. it didn't matter to me for some reason. I, I felt he gave her gave her some stakes. It gave her some agency. Okay, I changed I, my but mind I, again. But I don't disagree wow, with you. You've got power. <laughs> I, you the know, way you work, middle, Larry. I, I think the thing is. I think the thing is this, right? Black Panther, revolutionary, like this this movie yeah. that kind of ho- hopefully shifted the paradigm of Hollywood, right? Avengers, this culmination piece that we've never seen built this way. Nineteen movies, eighteen movies into it. Ant-Man, pretty standard, classic fare. Like, even though it's a family drama, nothing revolutionary about the casting. No, yeah. There's nobody that we're seeing on screen that's like, wow, we've never seen this before. So I think it felt, I think it felt like, maybe almost disappointing because it's so... 10 years ago in its execution yeah. this this ant-man 2 could stand alone stand alongside um iron man 1 and seem really contemporary to it mm-hmm. but we've moved so far beyond that that it it feels it feels really simple and kind of throwaway by comparison because there's nothing there's nothing that's changing anything within the Marvel Universe in it or in the cinematic world as a whole. Which Maybe I'm trying to put too much weight on it, and that's not fair to the movie because I did enjoy it. I mean, yeah, I, it was I, just a fun ride. Right, I certainly yeah. didn't have any kind of major expectations for something revelatory. So, right. um, Well, let's uh, get into the stuff we love. Trey, you uh, once again have come... With, with notes. notes. I just try to be prepared, and I catch shit for this every time. I, I, I literally just said you came with notes. Yeah, okay. Now, you seem to be hypersensitive <laughs> to the fact that you were the only one that came and right. took out your tablet. Well, and honestly, it's because although I saw this movie with you, I routinely forget everything I see about 30 minutes after I see it. <laughs> I did spend a good two hours this morning going over all of yeah, this. Yeah, because I have to make room for <laughs> yeah. extra. There's no additional bandwidth yeah. available. I have to. I mean, thankfully, um, this is a simple movie, so you don't have to yeah, remember too much stuff. Think right? too yeah. deep. Uh, Paul yeah. Rudd, Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. I yeah. love Paul Rudd and everything he's in. I think he mm-hmm. elevates and humanizes everything he's in mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. So so he's always enjoyable to watch. And I, like I said, I really responded to his, like, I'm trying to be a good dad yeah. thing. Uh, the humor, as we said, between Michael Pena and uh, and T.I. And, and the guy whose last name we can't pronounce. Baba Yaga. <laughs> Baba Yaga made me laugh out loud. Baba that was Yaga. very funny. Uh, Evangeline <laughs> Lilly is lovely and uh, and interesting and, and in some ways steals the show from Paul. Mm-hmm. and uh, Which in its own way, maybe is a little bit revolutionary to actually yeah. kind of in something that was generally an all-male cast. Yeah, you've yeah. got a, a, a female villain. You've got the matriarchal, you know, uh, presence of Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. And Evangeline Lilly was, I mean, honestly, what's she been doing since Lost? She, she's great. She's mm-hmm. a badass. She kicks ass. Yeah. She's solid in the, you know, She was dialogue really, scenes. really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It so, did take her 15 years to film The Hobbit. Since Lost ended. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's true. I mean, each each one of those movies was like a four year shoot. So. Yeah, that's where she was. I take it back. She was in New Zealand for yeah. forever. <laughs> Sorry, Trey. Go ahead. No, and then San Francisco. I just love San Francisco, yeah. so it was fun to see it on screen again. What'd you like, Mikey? I really enjoyed seeing Michael Douglas be kind of a little more akin to that character we loved about him, like in Romancing the Stone. Oh, he was yeah. having fun with it. Yeah, you haven't seen him really having fun in a long time. As yeah, he actor. wasn't a sideline character in this. He was along for most yeah. of the ride. And yeah. he had great lines, and you forget he's got great timing, and he's got a bit of that kind of rascal attitude that from Romancing the Stone in here as well, and it plays really, really well. Excellent. And, and I, I agree 100% on Michael Pena and on Evangeline Lilly, who I think 
you know, Paul Rudd has to work up to them because, I mean, yeah. Paul Rudd is charming and affable and funny in his own right, but against them, he I think he had to up his game a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. McGann. Uh, I mean, yes, Paul Rudd. Um, I am. I really enjoyed that they got rid of that terrible wig uh, from Evangeline <laughs> Lilly in the first movie. That was really yeah, great yeah, for me. That was a that. nice thing. Oh, they flashed um, on it. Yeah, yeah they were the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh god, is her hair going to be that bad? This whole movie. And as soon as we got back to the future, I was like, yay! Um, uh, I actually really enjoyed Michael Pena too. I, I hated his character in the first movie. He was a big part of why I did not like the first Ant Man. Interesting. So because uh, I, I thought he would, they they like hit him too hard for comedy in the first one in a way. That pulled away from the story, and I thought they kind of course corrected for this. Um, I loved the after credit scene; it oh, seemed yeah. really obvious, it se- like it had to come. But I oh. loved it. I loved oh, it heavy so much. Sigh from Trey. Um, <laughs> You're gonna get me going. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, I will fight you for it, Trey. Uh, <laughs> I will move out of the middle seat. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys weren't here for uh, Solo when we did the addendum. Where I wasted to- half of the podcast <laughs> screaming about Avengers. Yeah, yeah. we'll get there. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, nasty. Oh, it's uh, so mean. That's, that's what I get for not listening to the ones that I'm not in. What? Oh, oh, hey, oh, wait a minute. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, uh, do I like anything? I loved, I loved a lot of the action. I actually really liked, oh uh, gosh, what's his name? The the FBI agent guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jimmy Woo. Jimmy uh, Woo. Randall Park. Randall Park. Mm-hmm. Thank yes. you. I, I thought Randall Park was a lot of fun. Like, what a what a just fun change of pace for a... That could have been such a throwaway yeah. standard character. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. For government agents to, to be having kind of fun, being a little insecure, was delightful. Yeah. Also, as stupid as it is, the Ant, the oversized ants. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah. Doing Paul Rudd's daily routine. Fantastic. Watching yeah. an ant play a drum set. And I was ready to hate oh, that. With six arms, you got to make yeah. that guy yeah, yeah, a good yeah. drummer. Yeah, that's Neil Peart. That's, yeah, that's, right. yeah. Exactly. Uh, he could actually play all those that's Neil Peart right. drums. Yeah. Uh, I agree with all you guys. I think Michael Pena definitely uh, deserves an underscore there. I don't, I don't necessarily agree that he was overplayed in the first one, but I was so afraid that he was going to be mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. one. Um, and I, I think maybe things just didn't connect as well in the first one, and, and it almost feels like he got to play. I mean, I, I don't know. It, the first one seems tightly scripted because Paul Rudd's great at improvising. Who knows if they had time on that set to just kind of play, and maybe they didn't want it to be that goofy. It felt like they allowed comic personas in this one mm-hmm. to let I mean, Paul Rudd is actually credited as one of the screenwriters on oh, this yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very possible he was in uh, what at what stage, we don't know. I also got the feeling Michael Pena just got to be himself a little bit. Yeah. Even though yeah. those lines are really sharp, and, and they may have been written for him, and uh, I apologize to any of the writers who actually wrote that stuff, but it felt more natural. It felt... Like it wasn't just kind of uh, forced, um, and his comedy really made the thing funnier. The other thing that's funny about his character is he's solely focused on trying to land a security contract. Right, yeah. He doesn't really care about what right. else is going on <laughs> yeah. in the movie. His stakes are only his yes! stakes. And I like that. That's kind of like great. That. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, I thought of one more thing that I liked. I liked. Uh, this is a like slash dislike, and I because I I know. I know I'm going to hear about it from Trey. <laughs> I liked Lawrence Fishburne's inclusion as as Goliath. Yeah. Um, 
although I didn't like that we didn't get to see him in Goliath spandex. I thought that would have been delightful. <laughs> okay. um, well, that says something those, interesting I, I, I about say you. That I think they erred on the, side of, uh, on the right side of that, yeah. uh, that argument, yeah. not putting Lawrence Fishburne yeah. in spandex. I yeah. hope he works out for, uh, for uh, Infinity War Part Two, and <laughs> yeah. we get to see Goliath in That'd spandex. Cool. Maybe Matrix 1 yeah. Lawrence Fishburne would look great in spandex, mm. but it, not, not picking on Mr. Hey, not body shaming here. Yeah, no, 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 no. He's a fine actor. He's great. And we could use some more... Slightly out of shape superheroes on the big screen, <laughs> In so that I don't have to uh, work out before my big superhero debut. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, one this is one little detail that struck me is uh, it's such a dumb thing, but they've actually become very inventive in a lot of the credit sequences and kind oh, of yeah. throwing back to uh, art design detail. Um, and one of the things that was very common, like the inclusion of these you know matchbox car carriers, yeah. um, some of the you know toy items, the uh, the Pez dispenser that was one thing, but I I, I really liked the end credit sequence mm-hmm. where where it was little very intricate miniatures of the characters. I just thought yeah, it was, it was, that, was cool. that time it was, really, it was cool. really fun, and they've been doing great credit sequences. So shout yeah. out to whoever well, think, those people are. Well, I, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that because they know that people are now sitting through the credits, that they might as well make it look a little more interesting than yeah. just white on a black. More entertaining, sure. yeah. All right, so. What did we not love? I'm going to start with McGann this time because I have, feel a seething rage building. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. not all that. Wait, from me or from Trey? <laughs> no, I want to start with you. Yo, wait, and I, we'll, you and thought we'll, it was my seething rage building? And we'll build to Trey. And, I, and I, I'll, I kind of already voiced a little bit of the kind sure. of qualms I had with it. Again, I am not the person to be picking on the science of anything. But this right. is one where you were really required to go, okay, right. <laughs> just right. move on. And I guess maybe that's what I was talking about before, which is if we're going to tie this guy and this character into the universe at large, which we clearly have, it feels like so much of the other stuff that Mm -hmm. all the tech and all the the crazy other realms and even frickin' Asgard and all that stuff seems somehow... Uh, justified, whereas the science in this is just like, well, you're just going to have to take my word right. for it. I'm going to shrink right. a whole fucking building. Right. Uh, but that's so dumb. I know that. But it just, I, I'm a I'm a grounded in reality guy to start with, even in fantasy. I, and so. But I actually agree with you. That's one of my biggest qualms. They made a big point in the first movie that, that even though they were changing size, they were retaining mass. And maybe... Michael Douglas has been working out a lot, but like, if that building retains its mass, there's no way it should be. He should be able to like, you know, wheel it around like a cute little suitcase. It's still like a two. I don't know how much weight buildings weigh. It's well, a very heavy object. Still. Well, even just the equipment's going to rattle right, around in yeah, that damn right? thing. Did you secure everything like for you know earthquake quality? Like sec- yeah. you know uh, you know strap yeah. everything down before you. I left? mean, it's it's set in San Francisco. Obviously. All those beakers were going to be spilling and breaking right. and all that equipment. That, <laughs> and what about the guy, the janitor who you know ended up sleeping in the couch? <laughs> yeah, right. No. That guy is screwed. Yeah, poor guy. But God bless He's him. Just he- trying to work. He does the overnight shift, cleaning the floors and. What what the hell's going on here? Yeah. I mean, you've got an army of ants. You don't need a janitor. You need an exterminator. Um, oh, so, oh, wow. Well, you, um, better, you better... There's just, one more thing for me to be pissed about. That's why, that's why, that's why I don't write for Marvel movies. I'm not gonna lie. Um, that's why I only write for DC movies, because they're bad anyway, so Wait, I can just write bad. Like, has what? there ever been in the Marvel Universe, there had to have been the exterminator? <laughs> i it's in the book somewhere. Sure, uh, it's sure gotta it be. Uh, right. I'm sure. I'll I mean, research that while uh, Mikey's ex- talking because I'll be ignoring him. <laughs> uh, Are you oh, done? No, no, no. So, um, so that was a big thing for me. I felt like they backpedaled on the science they established in the first movie. Um, I, 
Uh, it felt so far removed from the Marvel Universe that even though it was a, like the universe, I think, really at this point, that uh, that it almost could have been part of the Netflix TV series. That's how far removed it felt. We just kind of <laughs> talked about everybody else. We didn't see him. Right. I did not love young Colonel Sanders as a villain. I thought he was really obnoxious. Oh. And um, even though I know he's a talented actor, uh, his performance didn't add anything to it. That's it. That's all. That's all the bad things I get to say. Mike, you um, go. I, you know, I just, could have gone on for twenty more minutes. Yeah, no, I'm gonna maybe just do a little more on on what McGann said. Is just that, that it didn't really feel a part of the Marvel universe too much. I like the idea that it's kind of standalone, kind of like Black Panther. You could just go in and not really know what was going on in the rest of the universe, and 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 just enjoy the movie on that level. And for you know people who are casual fans that's fine but for those of us who are geeks it would have been nice if there was just a little more of a grasp mm-hmm. i mean they explain why why uh, ant-man wasn't present during infinity war and i think they do a good job of kind of making that point but i totally agree on as now that i've just recently caught up on all of the netflix shows as well just finished luke cage 2 last week yeah. which is they also have a very tentative relationship with the mcu mm-hmm. and it felt like this was kind of uh, more towards the TV show than it was the the the, the TV universe yeah. in terms of its its um, isolation from the bigger Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe than mm-hmm. than some of, than the other films. You know, if um, if they were able to get an ant to take Paul Rudd's place to get him out of the house, don't you think one of the Avengers could have probably found a way to sneak him out yeah. of there? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tony Stark could have figured out a way to work around an yeah, FBI tracker. Probably <laughs> some tech that could have <laughs> scrambled that signal. Sorry, guys, I can't come save the universe. I'm grounded. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, minor, minor problem. Uh, You're beating it too hard with the reality stick, I think, in that regard. I, I, you, when you were, I don't want to date anybody in this room, but when we were well, kids, why not? Am let's I not say, good and for you? Fantastic Voyage was on, <laughs> yeah. or Land of the Giants, yep. nobody was getting all hung up over how the science was inconsistent with reality. I'm not hung up on it because I am not a science guy, but it, but it was it it was always just kind of lurking there for me. It's like okay, I mean, I just, it just it felt like a bigger leap than usual. There's a certain percentage of my brain yeah. I know I have to check at the door when mm-hmm. I walk into the MCU. I'm I'm only hanging up on it because they backtracked from what they established in the first movie. Yeah, they said enough. these are the rules of science right and that these are the rules that we've them. established i'm like cool these are the rules we've established and here are the right. ones that we've managed to break because right. of the research right, and, right. yeah so right. and then yeah that's that's why it's a bigger deal for me than it would be otherwise like of course like science whatever but uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm from america can you tell science whatever um uh, but like but once you establish a set of rules for me like like i i want I want them to operate within those, those paradigms. Enough, yeah. You know, that's all. That's all. All right. Trey, bring it. Uh, well, okay. First of all, too many villains in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I like Jimmy Woo, uh, uh, Randall Park. I thought he was funny and enjoyable and great. But uh, when you throw him down with uh, Sonny Birch, this black market tech trader, and then you got the estranged partner in the form of Bill Foster, and then right. you got the quantumly unstable Ava Starr. I've dated those girls. It's, well, haven't we all? <laughs> but but it, it's it's just it's a tonnage issue for villainy. Yeah. villainy at a certain point for me. And um, this was always my my biggest qualm with any of the 
uh, earlier Batman movies, which mm. was uh, quit throwing one too many villains and too many stunt casting. When you got Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, you know, chewing all the scenery up, and you've got somebody else. But I mean, it's like that's always been one of my biggest issues with mm-hmm. any superhero yeah. movies. Just give me one good one, right, and a really good story. I don't need multiple yeah. guys. And they use them to play the you know the last minute hoodwinks through the yeah. through the third act. Oh, you thought it was over? No, here comes that villain thread, and here right. comes the next but at a certain point yeah i i got i got bored with it uh am i jumping into my central rant <laughs> are yes, you do it are I'm you ready. going straight to I'm, 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 belt I, on. I i i you know how i felt about avengers let's um, let's recap that in a nutshell shall we or just all go back and listen to the uh, no, last no. I, 30 minutes of the you. solo i'll lay it out for you very simply <laughs> um stop with the disintegrating characters gag <laughs> Oh, no, everyone says collectively, my favorite Marvel superhero just uh, was reduced to ash. Will I ever see him or her again? Yes, you fucking idiot. Of course you're going to see them again. It is literally, and you sit in a writer's room, and the term that we use uh, to describe this is chump bait, right? This is is literally what it is. It is the definition of false jeopardy. And it happened repeatedly in Avengers, and I, there was a certain point where, you know, you're sitting in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I enjoyed as a as a as a basic mid-level theme park ride but at a certain point knowing there was going to be an end credit you know scene i remember thinking like halfway through oh i hope they don't send him up in ash right they're gonna do that right this is the thing they gotta do to be consistent with avengers which they didn't and then and then i was pleasantly surprised <laughs> when i didn't see it happen and then when you came back up i was like no they did it again and it, it to me it's just the lamest of the lame it's just, wow. I, I, I don't, wow. I, I'm not connected to that at all because I know that it's absolute false jeopardy that mm-hmm. every one of those beloved heroes will be back and that the next Avengers movie will just be about how we can return them from Ash. And, I, and so I'm bored already with that movie because I didn't believe it in the first place. So, wow. me. See? So once again, wrong. <laughs> just wrong. <laughs> Uh, Interesting. So, no. It's funny. You're not wrong. No. Anything you've said is absolutely not wrong. And damn it, I'm starting to agree with you. No. It's it's just, it looks great on screen, but you know it's not real. In a way that, I mean, here I am. As long as I know that it's not real, I'm totally fine with that. It's it's cliff, it's old fashioned cliffhanger BS where you know. You're going to come back from that, and they're going to, you know, have their vengeance and no, that's wreak havoc. true, but it, it 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 packed a bigger punch when it when it wasn't old fashioned when it was back in the day, and now we all know better. And in the way that the MCU <laughs> evolves, in the same way other franchises evolve, you know, and 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 you get to this point where it just feels like such an old Saturday morning serial trick. Mm-hmm. That uh, I'm bored so, I mean, so in the way that we know better that a giant building being shrunk down is not <laughs> feasibly possible in any possible Fair way. Fair enough, and everyone has to draw these lines for themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm the one that made the argument, you're beating it too hard with a reality sure. stick. Yeah. But this, as a dramatic device, yeah. to me, is just uh, insufficient. You know, I, I guess it doesn't bother me because, like, if we go back to the source material, mm. the, comic books have been doing this forever. They still do this now, right? Yeah. In this issue, Spider-Man dies. Just kidding, it was Doc Ock and Spider-Man's body the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I mean, that's that's part of the source material. It's part of the, I guess, conceit of comic books that 
that even though these characters will be imperiled, even though they will be lost for a while, even though they'll be dead, they're going to come back. Yes, like, they tell stories of triumph over life as right. superheroes, but also triumph over death. So I, I, I guess get it, it. So I guess it doesn't. And it, I think it, it rankles all comic fans that they that this happens. Remember the big Superman dying? Oh, yeah. 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 oh wow, everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, comics fans go, "Oh shit, this." But the but the other side of it is if they do it well. And they mm-hmm. manage to actually reset things in a way that is satisfying. You, you, you get past it. I mean, I, 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 look, I know. I see what you're saying. I totally understand. I just don't have the issue with it because I understand what they're doing and, and why they want to do it. And they're keeping us hanging. And I'm more than willing to dangle until May of 2019 to get back in there. When they all come back to life. <laughs> well, maybe not all of them. And I guess that's the thing about the chump bait that I enjoyed, right? Like, that's that's why it was such a great moment for me. I, you're right. Like, there was, there was no part, point in that movie where it wasn't like, everybody's dissolving but Paul Rudd at the end of this. Like, every, <laughs> there's, there's just no way it's not going to happen. But there was something really great about being in a theater that was... Maybe only half full, which surprised me because mm. last because you know both uh, Avengers and Black Panther were filled to capacity when I was there. Mm. Um, but having half the audience go oh, no and be like, okay, one, what did you guys expect? But two, like it's working. Like we we cultural elite, very smart podcasters about Marvel movies. <laughs> like, sure, we know that this stuff is coming, but but. It's still it's still hitting the audience, and there's something there's something really great about about seeing that reaction in people who aren't me. Um, and frankly, I love that they dissolve to ash because I want to know how they're going to get Ant Man out of the quantum realm. Well, yeah, that's that's what that's what the setup was. We like that's been something that they've been positing for a while. Quantum realm, same thing that mm-hmm. Strange went through in, right. in his magic realm. But, like, how are they getting him out? That's what I want to know. Yeah, was he protected or yeah. was he just not one of the ones that right. was affected? And, and I, I, I will I will agree with you there in a far more satisfying way than the way you lost all the characters at the end of Avengers. At least he's just been left floating in mm-hmm. the quantum soup and somebody's got to go. Mar- mark my words. <clears throat> the methods by which they get Ant-Man out of the quantum realm is going to be what helps them to defeat Thanos in uh, in Infinity War 2. Ooh, plot prediction. Ooh. Ooh. See, I was ready to go into wild speculation uh, yep. segment here, so in, that that's pretty good, Mikey, because that's, that's I was wondering about that, because we know, for instance, that the 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 next movie we mentioned uh, is Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel yeah. which clearly she's going to have a major impact on on time mm-hmm. and manipulation of time and where she's coming from. Yeah, she's super powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the antithesis of that would be little tiny guy in the quantum realm who might actually have mm-hmm. some impact on what's going on, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. his knowledge of science is... Like, Suspect? Like mine. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe just... Michelle Pfeiffer can talk through him again, even though she's Ash now, and that'll be... By the way, what uh, the, the one of my favorite lines out of the whole movie, and I'm going to get this wrong because I never get movie lines right, but it was Paul Rudd saying... Do you guys just put quantum in front of everything to sound smart? <laughs> which is a, which was a great yeah. line. I felt like he Rudd wrote yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Hey, so uh, let's turn to McGann, who is I'm going to say in the nicest way possible the most immersed I believe in the comic book. I'll take that. Canon. I'll take that. With that was pride. Thank my, you. That was my That's nice good. way of well, saying you're nice. super nerd well, about this stuff because I'm going to the comic book store right after this. Fine. <laughs> well, fine. Okay. I'm well, with that. Oh, good. We want to hear that report. Yeah. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit. A more more about Jana Van Dyne and what because the how, well the wasp I mean yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the original wasp because we do see some powers there with um, whatever she's doing to get 
uh, uh, the ghost stabilized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that too. That's that's one of those things that keeps tickling at the back of my brain. I'm like, she something never... she picked up in when the course she, well, of that here, time. Here, here's where I may out out geek okay, again a little can. bit. No. Um, in the comics, Janet Van Dyne is a mutant. Right. Right. Yeah, and, because she acquires over she time talks, she acquires the yeah, powers she without about, a suit. She's, yeah, she said it was an evolution, which mm-hmm. is very, okay. very extra. Right. Her little stinger thing. So things. so um <laughs> I my guess is that it's it's just something that happened I don't even remember what her mutant ability was in the comics. I mean, you know, originally she had the suit when they first introduced her, but as she, as she went along, I think it I think after Onslaught, when they kind of reset the Marvel Universe for the 37th time, mm-hmm. um, that that was kind of when they re- retconned her to a, a mutant. Yeah, and she absorbed that ability, essentially, yeah. and so she didn't need the suit yeah, to, exactly. to change sides. Yeah. Which is, explains why she was able to live in the Phantom Realm for 30 years without going to the bathroom right. or, you know, needing a sandwich or something. Well, we don't know that she didn't yeah, go to on, the bathroom. Look at all those that. space bears. What, did she go to a Starbucks? I mean, I mean she had she to just eat. waits for the director's cut. She oh, has but. that sword. <laughs> I assume she killed things. Well, clearly she uh, was able to stay alive so and sustain herself yeah. and and had to age in the quantum realm but and I apparently she her lip done. and her Sometimes. lipstick never wore off yeah, yeah. yeah. nails so. and lipstick were eh, superhero lipstick is That's some good pretty, stuff <laughs> pretty good stuff yeah, yeah so so yeah Jenna Van Dyne is a mutant so here's uh, another deeper dive that I'm thinking and this is pure 150% speculation but um, I was doing a little re- research on this uh, before coming in, and there's a scene in Ant-Man 1 where um, Michael Pena, again, stealing another scene, talks about how the whole world is changing. we got people that can climb on walls and guys who can shoot webs and stuff like that. That was said before it was announced that Spider-Man was joining the MCU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was just sort of an illusion, and we thought that was kind of cool. And then Spider-Man shows up, and we're like, oh, okay, so it was a, kinda, it was a little bit of a tease. Now we see Janet Van Dyne do, do a mutant thing, and the name of their company is X-Con, not X-Con, <gasps> X-Con. Is this the right. Easter egg stuff you were talking about this before? Is, yes, because, because, because the security system that Scott Lang starts is like Ant-Man's security system in the comic books, I think. Oh, something like that. But not X-Con. Right. So I, and now you've got this whole thing with Disney buying Fox or... Yep. I so wonder if maybe they're playing a seed yeah. to bring nice. the X-Men mm. universe into the MCU. I think you're either on to something or you've just given those writers a gift. Yep. <laughs> story credit. Story credit. Story credit. Patent pending. Copyright. <laughs> that's, that seems perfectly legal just now. <laughs> it's it's our Dibs. Uh, any other wild speculation we oh, want to go I, into? I just so on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> any other Easter eggs that you noticed that we should worry about or, um, or, or be concerned about or care about? I mean, I, I'm really, I'm really hoping that since they spent a lot more time with Cassie Lang, who uh, becomes oh, yeah. uh, is she Goliath again? No, she the, becomes Stature. Stature is that what it yeah. is in the Young Avengers? Young Avengers, new. I don't know. It's went through so many titles, but she she becomes a, a size changing hero in her own right through all of her exposure to pin particles. So my hope is is that we'll see little baby Cassie get some uh, superhero <laughs> screen time. Also, Excellent. there was there's been a persistent rumor that like the next the, the Infinity War two involves some of the Young Avengers oh, good. and stuff good. like that. So yeah. you may be onto something there I hope, as well. I hope so. mm-hmm. And uh, don't we have uh, what else do we have on the slate uh, that we can remember? We talked about Captain Marvel, and do we know exactly when we're going to see that? It's latter part of the year, next year, early, early I think next it's year. February, February, no, February, February, March, maybe because I think in Infinity <laughs> War two is March. Right. Or is it May, rather. It's whenever yeah. it can destroy the rest of the competition. Uh, <laughs> um, well, there's that. Then. So we don't really have another Marvel MCU film for yeah. the rest of the year. That's, yeah, that's it. That's odd. Yeah, because I think the only other thing that's announced. The only other thing planned between now and 
and uh, Infinity War two is uh, is is Captain Marvel. I think that's mm-hmm. it because Doctor Strange two is supposed to come out after that. Uh, wow. Black Panther two is slated that's, for after that's that. That's a long dry spell. Yeah. No, there's like nine TV series you could watch yeah. in the meantime. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, and most of them are good, actually. Mm. Not all of them, but most of them are pretty yeah. good. I, I still, I'm hung up. Uh, I stopped at episode three of The Mark Defenders. Oh, um, no, 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 not even that. Uh, uh, Iron Fist. Freaking Iron Fist. Oh, no, Iron, Iron Fist, Fist. Is just, you've got to Couldn't just, slog oh, through horrible. that baby. It's horrible. Now, Defenders is better because there's three other actors that are really good <laughs> right. in it. But having just finished Luke Cage, I will say that once you get Luke Cage season two, once you get, you get to season, episode 10, rather, and and Iron Fist makes a, a uh, plays a big part in that episode, and they really kind of have a lot of fun with it, and he has a lot of fun with the character, where they're kind of acknowledging the fact that he was a really just kind of a petulant ass, and and whiny bit of a, a bitch mm-hmm. in, in all through Iron Fist and Defenders, and so I think the they either listen to the fans saying, "Hey, this he fucking sucks," or that was they were sort of like. That was the idea is that he would come off that kind of a character and right. then ha- have this kind of change in, of the character. It doesn't make him a better actor. Mm-hmm. He's a horrible actor. But <laughs> the character himself is a little redeemed in, in Luke Cage season two. So um, let's get back to Ant-Man and Wasp uh, real quick. Oh, go oh, ahead. Oh, sorry. So, so uh, Captain Marvel releases March uh, March March 8th, I, I uh, 2019. I had the same right in yeah, front yeah, of me. Yeah. Look and, at uh, you, Google boys. That's right. Yeah. I wanted to... And I just wanted to double-check that there wasn't anything else coming up. Uh, I'm also checking on the Exterminator in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Dips! Uh, <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure there is. There's, cause uh, there's Prime Marvel Universe. Yeah, but, it's important to distinguish. <clears throat> uh, nothing that looks related to Ant-Man and the Wasp, which seems like a real missed opportunity here. So. I feel like he was a Spider-Man villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would have worked uh, for that, too. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Because there, there were all the Spider-Slayers. And the, all the stupid robots. Philip that, Sterling, the criminal yeah. known as the Death Stalker. That's not what I was looking up. All right, never mind. Anyway, uh, Marvel Wiki. Um, how do we? Uh, Chris uh, had already said how he ranks this in the kind of the pantheon of Marvel movies. I, I have a more specific question. A lot of people have said Thor Ragnarok, the which was essentially a comedy, mm-hmm. uh, funniest uh, in the MCU. Which I, I did not enjoy that irreverence as much as maybe I should have. I thought maybe a little weightier uh, for Thor was in was demanded. I'm Although with you I, there. I love everybody in it and and I and I love the director whose name I always screw up. Um, I actually think this might be the funnier movie for me out of all of them. No? McGann shaking your head, which works great on a podcast. <laughs> no. Yeah, I want everyone to turn into the behind the scenes videos so they can see me shake my head. Um, that's why we're a fun shirt to show off all my new muscles again no they, one can see, can see. <laughs> uh, no, except I, us and yeah. we can refute that immediately yeah, right. <laughs> go ahead looking good um, it's fine like this this was a fine movie it, it, paul red was funny i thought michael Payne was funny er uh, all right uh, 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 francis park francis park that doesn't randall park randall park randall was park. cute and funny <laughs> but okay. like you know i like I've, i'll still put both guardians and thor Above above this in terms of funnier movies. All right. Now, Trey, you're shaking your head now. I think the first Guardians is the funniest. If we're just going to... And it, maybe it is fair to include Ant-Man uh, just within the subcategory of Marvel humorous films. Yeah. Uh, I think Guardians is the is the funniest. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and I might put this in second place and... Yeah, I mean, I'm just on the basis of laughing out loud. I, yeah. I feel like this was right up there. I, I would agree, Guardians, the first Guardians, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, 
that that's that yeah definitely that's funnier uh but this one was I think they were just having a lot more fun with it. You mm-hmm. could tell that it just seemed like the actors were having a lot of fun delivering yeah. those lines. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other question. Um, this, what age could go see this one? There's just oh. not a lot of he- heavy, yeah, awful I violence. Open this up. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. could easily be a young kid action yeah. movie, and yeah. I don't see that there would be any kind of major issues. No. There, was, right? was there even PG-13 in this, or was it was it just PG? Uh, probably oh, PG-13 for violence. Yes. Even even the violence though isn't particularly brutal. Yeah, yeah there's no major. There's no blood. Uh-uh. There's no, we don't yeah. see like like horrendous deaths yeah. or anything. Yeah. It's not this a Deadpool affair. This yeah. was the Ninja Turtles two <laughs> of Marvel movies, where they don't even get to use their real weapons. They just sort of hit them with. Toys and yeah. more toys. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. So we liked it, and it uh, and it worked, and so most of it worked, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, excellent. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, assessing it. Uh, currently, as it stands now, made seventy six million dollars, so it didn't do wow, too bad. Wow. Number one at the box office. Um, mm-hmm. However, they have spent one hundred and fifty four million promoting it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's that then. Jeez. So really? Know that, yeah. Yikes. So we're going to do this again for Mamma Mia 2, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here we go again. <laughs> Trey Calloway, what can you plug? And if not, where can people find you? Oh, Is your uh, TV show ever coming out? Yeah, well, I'm in the middle of working on an Amazon Western starring Arnold Schwarzenegger called Outrider. And uh, otherwise, you can find me at Trey Calloway on the social medias. Do you want my agent's info? We can talk. Okay. <laughs> wow. It's become that sort of And Trey never came back again. <laughs> Mikey, what you got going on? Uh, still working on house hunters. People keep buying houses. I keep uh, telling their story. And keep hunting for them, and apparently. Keep, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, somebody shot down a craftsman the other day. and. Uh, <laughs> They're, they're, they're cagey, those things. Right, they'll, right. they'll come up Got on you. Got that chimney mounted on yeah, the wall? Absolutely. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and uh, still reviewing movies that I refuse to see and uh, taking pictures of manholes that are completely oh, uh, manholes. Uh, mislaid, mislaid manholes mislaid on manholes. Instagram. It's fantastic. It's a, the S is important. Otherwise, you get a very different <laughs> it was not. A, it was very deliberate how I chose the name, just yeah. FYI. Chris the McGann McGann. I actually am taking a delightful break. I just had a couple commercials renew, and so you can catch me um, if you're watching TV shows actually recorded and you're fast-forwarding through things, you might catch a glimpse of me. Yeah? Yeah. Which ones? Uh, the, um, the Carfax just got renewed, and uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Xfinity one is still running. Excellent. So, so you're one of those guys sitting around in the middle of the day at a Starbucks who I go, what do these people do for a living? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. they've got the residuals coming yeah. in from the commercials. Yeah, i got those fat residuals. Nice Ooh, yeah. job. Uh, <laughs> but your workout regimen's paying off, Thanks. Mr. Wow. Uh, I'm we, swole. Yeah. Can you hear it in my voice? Yeah. Mm. I'm All still right. not going to share my popcorn with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless, I can, uh, unless we actually get off our asses and do what I uh, threatened to do, which is to rewatch watch every single uh, Marvel <laughs> Which movie. I'm in for, even the ones I hate. Uh, starting with Iron Man 1 and uh, leading up until we get to uh, May of next year. We may not see you again until uh, uh, Captain Marvel, but I have a feeling we'll be back together again for some other big, fabulous tentpole extravaganza that we actually care about. Uncle One Drew. can only hope. Uncle Drew. Yeah. Uncle Drew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next week, Uncle Drew. <laughs> Taking that baby apart. Really? I mean, come on. I mean, I know grounded in reality is one thing, but could that guy really dunk? All right. Could Nick Kroll really get that kind of uh, jump shot off? That's just chump bait. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Get a monkey. Get a monkey. Get a monkey.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.